Okay, folks, welcome back to the Sammy Hour. Awesome episode last week. Awesome, awesome episode. Um, had the mayor on. That was an experience. One I'm definitely not going to forget. I was nervous. I did it. It was fun. I'm happy it's summer. Not, not just because I'm done with school or, I mean, who doesn't love summer? No, it's because I will be releasing more content and more episodes like I was doing last summer. Trying to do an episode every week. We had one last Thursday. We're going to have one this Thursday. Uh, today's guest is someone who has played a really important role in my life, especially when I was a younger teenager. Uh, she's an adult ministries pastor at Canyon Hills, a wife, a mom, uh, a follower of God, and a child of God. Uh, without <laughs> further ado, Lindsay Farz- Farzan, welcome to the Sammy Hour. Thank you, Sam. Oh, of course. <laughs> Episode 24, by the way. I'm not doing seasons anymore. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but I stopped with seasons because I felt like it was getting too high in the seasons. You know, when you watch a TV show and it gets to like season six, you're like, oh, what? And you just... <laughs> kind of stop Leave watching it. exactly so i'm just going to start doing what joe rogan does he does uh, episodes granted he has like almost 2000 so yeah I, that's still high but i'm i'm only at 24 hopefully i can get to 2000 one day 24 right well it's kind of says 24 it's all crooked and stuff but that that's supposed to say 24 episode 24 um anyway I, we're gonna get into our questions what brought you to ministry what brought you to the ministry in the church world um well Um, My parents brought me to the church world. I grew up in a Christian home Mm -hmm. my whole life. um, Obviously, since I was even born, I was dedicated to the church. And uh, my family was in ministry for generations. And so church really wasn't an option. If the doors were open, my family was there. Sunday morning, (laughs) Sunday night, Wednesday night, Bible studies, discipleship groups, Mm -hmm. whatever it was. And even though my parents made us go um, I developed a love for the Lord at a very young age I mm-hmm. remember loving worship loving going to the altar I always wanted to be around the adults who were worshiping at the front my mm-hmm. mom would always make me stay at a pew <laughs> and be like sit right here don't move um, but I remember just you know having a desire for for God you know at a very young age and so as I grew older um, obviously when you get into high school and start to you know, get older and and figure things out in life, Mm -hmm. sometimes your relationship can change, you know, um, you know, as I was in high school, other things were pulling at my attention, for example, sports and friends and hangouts and games and things like that. And so I really started shifting my focus more into my studies and, um, I played volleyball and I was on the cheer team. And as I started shifting my priorities, my relationship with the Lord kind of changed mm-hmm. too, you know, which happens, right? And so other things seemed more top priority in my life. And as I invested more into those things, my relationship with God began to drift. Mm-hmm. And so by the time I was a senior in high school, I went to church, but I, I wouldn't say I was really following the Lord. Just going through the motions. Definitely going through motions. I knew that I loved the Lord in my own way, but I wasn't serving and living for Him. And I was kind of caught between two worlds because I grew up in church knowing what to do is what was right. Mm-hmm. But I was also pulled um, and just really constantly tempted with things of this world. And um, obviously, I hung out with some friends who weren't followers of Jesus. Right. And um, that doesn't always end well. My mom's always taught me, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your future. Well, I hung out with people who were not saved. So, you know, um, really, they began to pull me down instead of me pulling them up. And um, that happened for about four years until I was 21. And I got in an actual car accident wow. with my little brother. And um, that car accident, I totaled my car. And... Jeez. 
the firefighters and the policemen on scene told my parents that we should have died. And it was really traumatic for me, but it kind of made me hit rock bottom. Um, I didn't have a car anymore, so I had to start <laughs> working for my parents at their gas station. And I had to get rides everywhere. I was 21 years old. I was <laughs> embarrassed, you know. And um, I was like, what's going on in my life? You know, my whole life, I, I really felt a call of God on my life. And people would tell me that, but... When I hit 21, I just told the Lord, if you still have those plans for me, even though I've drifted from you, would you please open the door? Like, right. I need you. Right. And really, I need the Lord to pick me up from where I was living and what I was doing. I needed help. I couldn't do it on my own. And so I just cried out to him one day in my bedroom, and I said, God, I know you're real, but can you be real in my life? Can you open doors? Can you help me? If you still have plans for me, make that evident. And I'm not kidding. I, I really believe when you ask God, he will answer. It was just a few days later, I was presented the opportunity to go on a missions trip to Ethiopia. I never wanted to go on a missions trip before. <laughs> uh, I never wanted to go anywhere where you couldn't shower. <laughs> and, um, but I was presented this opportunity. And as I began to pray and ask the Lord, God, would you just show me if this is it, I'll do it. You know, I don't want to go because everyone else is going. I don't want to go because it's the Christian thing to do. I want to go if this is you opening that door and answering my prayer. And as I was driving, I turned on the radio and I heard a voice say this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you for he has anointed you to preach the good news. You mm -hmm. must go. Mm -hmm. And I knew in that moment that the Lord was talking to me through that radio. And I, I walked into the office. I signed up and I went on my first missions trip to Ethiopia. Wow. And it was there where we uh, ministered to people who would never heard about the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And you asked me what brought me into the ministry world. I was around ministry my whole life, but that was the first time I was really given the opportunity to do ministry and know why I was doing it. Mm -hmm. I had received a love from Jesus. He had opened doors for me, and I was able to share that same love that rescued me with these people who'd never heard about him before. And um, I grew up with major insecurities my whole life, but for the first time when I preached the gospel was the first time I didn't feel insecure. Mm. Um, there was a boldness that came over me, and even though I was probably the least qualified person to be on that trip, <laughs> And even though I didn't have all the answers and I didn't know all about the Bible, I knew the love of Jesus and that that conquered all. And I was able to share that and a whole tribe gave their life to the wow. Lord, you know. And um, from that moment on, I knew that that love was real. I didn't have to earn it. It was genuine. It was pure. And I said, God, I want to spend the rest of my life sharing that love with people. And um, I told him I would do anything. And so when I got back home, I shifted my major from um, I was wanting to do, spe you know, go into the field of special education, but I shifted it to theology, wow. and I enrolled in Bible college, and um, I just started chasing Jesus after that, and so that's really what brought me into ministry, mm -hmm. you know, is really God rescuing me and opening the door and me falling more in love with Him. That's cra that was a crazy. That's a crazy transition. It's kind of long. Sorry. Yeah. No. No. You're good. <laughs> it's like you know, almost a tragic car accident. Yeah. Right. Was kind of the first step to you almost kind of entering this phase that the Lord called you to do. Right. Because, right? like, I mean, you said you weren't living your life for the Lord. And then it's kind of, like, funny how the Lord uses incidents like that. Like, he's like, sure. oh, man, I can't drive anymore. i got to ask my friends. It's like you almost feel like you're 15 again yeah. you can, when you can drive. It's pretty um, embarrassing. <laughs> and then, but, I mean, I'm sure you're grateful grateful for it in the long run. Oh, because yeah. Because you, you probably would have never, never envisioned yourself being where you're at now. Right. right? And something had a shift from it being my parents' faith to my faith, mm. you know, and from me understanding myself. And I feel like the Lord took me on that journey. Did God make me get in that car accident? No, but I believe he used it. You yeah. know, he used it to get a hold of my life 
life for me to turn to him because all along he had a plan and a purpose, but I wasn't walking in that, you know, and I didn't know how to connect to that. I'd already done so many wrong things. I felt like, how can I do anything right? right. But with God, he makes all things new, you mm -hmm. know, and it doesn't matter what you did before. You know, he can turn it around and open new opportunity for you. Just like, he, you know, I, I think he uses everything for his good. Right? Oh, for like, sure. I mean, how, how you think, like, how can a car accident, how can this be good? You're right, I right. almost lost my life. My brother almost lost his life. I can't drive anymore. Right. But, I mean, he used it for his good. I mean, and, and that's how you got plugged into Canyon Hills, right? How'd you, right. how'd you get into Canyon Hills? So, I grew up in a small church, actually in Oildale, my whole hmm. life, um, up until the time I was 18. Then my parents moved to Canyon Hills, and um, I didn't really connect at first, but it was that missions trip that really opened the opportunity for me to go. It felt like a really big church. I grew up in a small church of 200 people where everyone knew if you weren't at church, they'd be calling you, where were you this Sunday, <laughs> you know, to Canyon yeah. Hills, which to me felt like a mega church at the time church, yeah. right and I, I just felt like I didn't have any personal relationships with anyone you know the same greeters greeted me every week they were great but I didn't have any um, friends surrounding mm -hmm. me and so that trip helped me to make new friends and to see God work and move to when I came back I started to get to know people and really I started to serve and as I served then I really got to know the family of God there mm -hmm. and what seemed like such a big church really became actually um, personal to me and I got to build relationships to where people around me um, you know surrounded me and I felt like it wasn't so big after all it almost became a family for, you. for sure and it then for sure did. and then from there you just got plugged into being because you started as, as a youth pastor you, you right. weren't always adult ministries right nope so I I actually was you know in the young adults ministry and I started serving and after I went back for, I came back from Ethiopia I went to Bible college and I went back a second time as a leader on a trip and when I came back home I heard the Lord say you know um, you're, you're wanting to go there so much but what are you doing here in your own city yeah. and um, and that was the truth my heart was there I really encountered the love of Jesus in ways I'd never experienced before the people there were so amazing they had nothing but they were so hungry for God but it was like, man, I'm wanting to be there, but God, you're right. I, I, I've never ministered to people in my own backyard. I haven't reached my neighbors. I wasn't bold in high school. So I felt like the Lord began to shift my heart more for my city instead of leaving. Um, I mean, still that's a desire of mine, but I felt like the Lord gave me a, a love for Bakersfield and to begin to pray for my city and to begin to ask him, you know, what is it that you want to do with me here? I'm not here by accident, but for a purpose. Right. And as I begin to ask him that, again, I believe God, if you ask, he'll open doors that no man can open, you know, and he just started opening doors for me and I started serving. Uh, the first opportunity I got was to share my testimony um, at Florence Gardens, which is our senior living home mm -hmm. at Canyon Hills. Yeah. And um, that that one day going there to share my testimony turned into every Tuesday at one me, me teaching them for a <laughs> year. And that was the first time I led a small group. It was people over the age of 60 years old, a bunch of pastors, wives and old pastors. But um, I didn't really know a lot, but God began to use me. And um, I, I just fell in love with, you know, love with them and the older generation. And so then my heart really shifted towards the church, bringing generations together. Right. We can learn so much from the older generation. Um, but because a lot of times they think we're too young or we think they're too old, we don't come together. Right. And the Lord, you know, put me in their path. And um, that's when I started, you know, really just loving his church and wanting to bring people together. We can learn so much from other people. And so as I began to step into these opportunities and open doors, um, God just opened bigger doors and bigger doors and bigger doors. And when I finished Bible college, I was presented the opportunity to become wow. a youth pastor. And that was the last thing, honestly, I wanted to do. I didn't really want to be a pastor and, mm -hmm. and be in just one place. But I heard the Lord say, yes, I didn't stand for him in high school. And that was one of my mm -hmm. biggest regrets. 
And I always told the Lord, if you could redeem anything, I would want you to redeem that time in my life. And then when he presented this opportunity, I knew it was from him. I didn't take a stand for him then, but I can help you take a stand for him now, you know? And so... A redemption um, story, if you will. 100%. God had redeemed my life. And again, talking about his love, it was easy for me to want to preach, teach, and surround youth who maybe struggle with the same thing, not knowing who they are, their identity, or being pulled from the ways of this world, you know, um, just preaching the word of God and, and preaching his love and, and, and really showing that, not just preaching it, but mm-hmm. doing life with, with high school students. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's crazy. I mean, cause I remember youth group, like, like for me, yeah, you were the troublemaker, Sam. Not even, no, I'm just not kidding. even. You were such a good guy. Um, but I remember that cause like it was Wednesdays and Wednesdays, like it's midweek and you basically already have your mind on Friday and the weekend you're like, I just want the week to be over. Right. And like for me, it was just like, all right, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. And my parents were like, you gotta get, you should probably get plugged into a youth group. And then thankfully, uh, we had started going to Canyon like a couple years before I was in, in middle school, uh, like a year or two before I was in middle school. And so that whole time frame and age uh, aligned perfectly with, you know, me starting youth group soon. And so I remember I, I showed up one night and I was like, man, that was actually pretty fun. I was a little nervous, didn't yeah. know what to expect. And it's kind of a hike from my house too. It's like 20 minutes. So I'm like, right. oh, I gotta drive 20 minutes, come on. And I get back and it's late and I have to do homework. But I mean, like it was worth it in the end. Like I, I, I like, as you were saying, you stepped out of your, you gotta step out of your comfort zone. I've For talked sure. about this many, many times on the show, but I stepped out of that comfort zone and it was, I mean, now like back then it's simple, you know, just hop in a car, drive 20 minutes, so what? And you get to youth group. And then from right. there I met, I made so many connections with people. I mean, we connected. That's how you're on the show. And even even other people I connected with, too, that I still keep up with today. And they say, wow, that's awesome you're doing a podcast. But I think both, what we have in common with that is we're both trying to influence people. 100%. And, and even though you don't have a podcast, I mean, you're still doing that at in, in, in the adult ministry. I mean, first right. the youth ministries, now you're in adult ministries. Right. Um, but in terms of when we talk about religion and church and family, how important is it to have a religion uh, or faith uh, in a time or era like today or just in, or just in general right well we're living in a day where things are constantly changing yeah. right uh, information is constantly changing and it's really at our fingertips right so you could turn on the news and things are changing you can look on the internet things are changing look on social media things are changing and um, we live in a day things are constantly changing not only changing but shifting or count canceling um, But when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you're placing your faith in a God who is the same yesterday, Mm -hmm. today, and forever. He doesn't change. And so he's solid. Mm -hmm. You know, his word, scripture says, does not return void. He's not a God that he would lie. His promises are yes and amen. And so I believe it's extremely important, especially nowadays, not only because I believe Jesus is coming back soon, but also because um, things are constantly failing, changing, shifting. Why not place your, your faith in someone who does not? A cornerstone. God, yeah, yeah, God is constant. He is solid. And that's one thing I can stand firm on throughout my whole life. God has been constant. He's never left me nor forsaken me. Not only that, but he's given me love and grace and mercy, even when I felt like I don't deserve it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, like sometimes we think like, oh, oh man, where's God? How could this be happening right now? But sometimes we make choices that deviate from the path we're supposed 100%. to be following. And then we're like, oh, what do we do now? There's no way this should be happening. And then somehow the Lord finds us. Like yeah. you, I mean, I'm sure you wavered off. And right. then that accident right. kind of puts put you back on the path. For sure. Um, when we talk about change and stuff, I mean, a big thing uh, of change that we had was COVID and the pandemic. I mean, yes. That rocked everyone's world. Right. Brother, uh, no matter where you were, whether you're in Canada, whether you're in the United States, whether you're in Greece, it rocked everyone's world. And 
that was an easy go through. I've talked about this many times on the show, like how that really changed a lot of dynamics in my life. Like I, I said this back um, in season four uh, about two months ago. How if I mean if COVID never happened, I would have never started a podcast. Right. So I mean, there's oh, there's always there's some good, blessing. Yeah, that there's comes always good that we can see in, in something that seems chaotic, something that was negative, something that was even tragic. Right. But I mean, how has uh, how has like COVID nineteen and pandemic like how has it affected the church? the church and the religious world like in terms of people's beliefs and in terms of how churches function right like i'm sure it's because it, you guys were on a lot of churches were online for a while for sure and streaming you know um one of the things i love is we serve an unstoppable god mm-hmm. you know when you place your faith in him it doesn't matter what shuts down or what doors close around you god can open doors that no man can close right and even though um there was opportunity to stop church and to mm-hmm. quit church um, I'm so thankful that we belong and I serve and get to lead at a church that didn't stop. Yeah. You know, and really we just shifted the way we were doing things. We had to adapt. Now I'm not going to lie. You know, when we have as pastors sometimes go, go, go lifestyles, that first, you know, couple weeks I was thankful. I almost felt like I was getting a, a break. It was a lot more <laughs> mentally because you yeah. were doing things online, Zoom calls and um, cert- pre-recording services and all that. But it almost kind of felt like a little bit of a break. Um, but as we began to pray and seek the Lord, um, I felt like the Lord was really, you know, telling his church to wake up. It's We can't be on autopilot. And mm. I feel like COVID really shook the church in a lot of ways and right. people. Um, some people fell off and they were isolated. I think really what it showed a lot of people is how much we need the church and we need church community. Mm-hmm. I personally had a baby in, in wow. the middle of the pandemic. Well, you know? congratulations to that. Thank you, Miss Olivia June. She's <laughs> going to be one in just two weeks. Wow. So super awesome. excited. You know, time totally flies. But I remember being really nervous and freaked out. And, um, you know, there's all the what ifs and, you know, this, you know, your mom can't be in the room. You can have one person, all these protocols. But I remember specifically after I gave birth, um, during the weeks to come, I had so many people from my church family, um, send me flowers, send me dinner, send me prayer cards and times where I was in a season where I had no clue what I was doing. I was exhausted. I was getting (laughs) no sleep. I thought I'm not cut out for this. I had you know, my church family step up, surround me and love me. And I think about how COVID in many ways, the enemy tried to use to stop the church. Mm -hmm. Um, But because God's unstoppable and we said no, the church still got to function and do what God has called the church to do. And many people were blessed. I also think it ignited some things in people. You know, sometimes we take for granted what we have and we don't really appreciate it until it's gone. And (laughs) all of a sudden, you know, even though we had to shift things, when we reopened, it was like we got a flood of people and some people we never had before because they realized the importance of community, right. being surrounded by people who are like-minded and who love you and who will be there for you. Um, we were never meant to do life alone, no. you know, and I, I think COVID, um, it was a real thing and it's a real, it's the, it's real. No shot. There's, there's no doubt about that. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, on the flip side, the enemy, I believe was trying to use COVID to take people out and to isolate them. Mm-hmm. And um, I just love, the enemy can't win. We're on the winning side. You know, we have the victory in the Lord. And so um, the church has continued to grow, even though statistically it shouldn't have. People have continued to come to know the Lord and receive him as as their Lord and Savior. Be baptized, get into groups. We've seen more people be discipled in this past season because I think it ignited something in people. They realized that they need this. And it kind of got us off autopilot, Mm -hmm. you know, just going to church and going through the motions. So it's almost like the community. 
community became stronger and, and honestly I was I didn't know what an, when I was when I wrote this question down I was going to ask it I didn't know what to expect right right like because when you look back on it like people were used to being told oh don't go there it's not safe you don't it's airborne you don't know yeah. what's going to happen <laughs> people were kids especially for sure you know 5 to 18 were used to being in their living room or rooms all day zooming right and adults I'm sure a lot of adults stayed home working at home but like that's crazy that the whole church community grew. Is it just because, like, I mean, we're talking about how, I guess, it was kind of more of an awakening. Was it, yeah. I think people wanted to feel something different. They wanted to feel more alive in a time where it felt so sad. Yeah. It's almost, like, depressing some days. For sure. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, anxiety and depression rates went out the roof, yeah. you know? And I think the church being able there be, to be there with open arms to say, we have something for you. We started one of our hope groups called Anxious for Nothing, mm-hmm. uh, helping people work through being you know completely anxious or struggling with depression worry suicidal thoughts whatever it might be coming alongside them and that was a thing the pandemic isolated a lot of people but also caused the church to rise up to say okay what what can we do how can we be the hands and feet of jesus and reach more people in our community and here's the thing that wasn't always through people walking through church doors that might have been taking a meal to someone Mm -hmm. at their house um, maybe sending a message um, doing something online we didn't really have an online platform before for church and that started you know so there's a lot of good that came from it where now we're reaching a group of people that maybe we didn't get to reach before the mm-hmm. pandemic and so i love that the lord has used what the enemies meant for evil and he's turned it for good right you know and and i've i back in and when we talk about community and all that stuff like i think about when i had a, com- a conversation with vince fong he was actually on my podcast back in That's july awesome. and he was i i was asking him i was like you're a politician you know you have so much of a platform to, to influence people and kind of ignite change, right? You're a politician. That's, that's what you're, you're, you're called to do. Um, I said, how can someone like me made, make a change in that community? How can like someone who like works a nine to five do a change any, any, or be a change? And he said, it, all, it really all starts with that person wanting to make a change, right? You can make a right. change anywhere you're at. Like you think of, because there was people out on the streets. I mean, you, you give them a bag of food you're right there. You already, you already, kind of contributed to change right there and i think that was something that we really saw during the pandemic yeah. more than ever because people have more time on their hands right for, oh for sure and that's one of the positives of the pandemic too like Helps i mean you refocus and yeah exactly spend and, time with family and, and so and, like oh i have more time on my, on my hands what can i do that i've wanted to do and that i haven't done and like right. i found myself starting a podcast i'm sure you found yourself you were raising a kid right? you yeah. just had a kid so it was Found myself being a mother. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely seasons that seemed tough, but yeah. we look back on them now, like a year later, and we're grateful for them. For sure. Right? And I think, if anything, it's going to motivate people to kind of, I don't know, be more of an influence, ignite more change. Because, like, yeah. I mean, I look back on my junior high school, and it was a lot of going through the motions, you know, showing up at school, doing homework, um, going to swim practice and I did it for you know all year long and then I had all this time on my hands I'm like I kind of like this how can I keep it like this when life goes back to normal if you will and I you know I think people are going to look back and say okay let's kind of keep this pattern that we've had going of we have more free time we started these new things let's keep them going when even though life is is back to normal I'm I'm back working and kids are back in school I think that it really all starts with us and our and our desire and will to want to help others out you know because we can I mean you already have the idea might as well um execute it right right and like that's kind of like back how with this podcast like I had this idea like I want to start a podcast that'd be fun and I was watching people podcast on YouTube listening to podcasts on Spotify 
And I said, I that that sounds fun. Maybe I maybe I'll start one one day. And that was an idea, right? Yeah, and look at forty two. Twenty twenty four. I know it's like all backwards because of the lens. I should have. I'm not going to rewrite it right now. Forty. Yeah. Twenty twenty four. But I mean, once again, it started with an idea, and I didn't know what I was doing. And people, original or OG fans, know how the story goes. I was running one day. I heard an ad. I downloaded the app. I heard that was on the ad, and then from there, it just. I produced yeah. it. It was like those little things that it's just they like, seemed like so like I don't know, uncanny if you will. Like right. I was running around the block, I heard an ad, I stopped it. Just ordinary, yeah. nothing. I downloaded big. it. Yeah. yeah, and then I was in the Chick Fil A drive through, and I totally forgot I had the app, and I was like, oh wait, I no, I remembered I had the app because I totally forgot about it, and then yeah, she just recorded like a couple days later. I love that because a lot of times we think that you know there's going to be this extraordinary door open, and then we'll be able to influence people, yeah. but it's really yeah. actually through the mundane and ordinary things, the mm-hmm. little things, just you know little simple things that we do that God actually does big things through us Mm -hmm. to where we can influence and make an impact on people. Yeah. And I want to say that I feel like in this era and this generation now, we have more tools, if you will. I mean, we have social media, right? There's, there's at least five social media apps that that everyone can name that they can say, okay, there's some, I can, I can do something with that, right? Whether it's post something positive on Facebook or post something positive on Instagram or snap someone. I mean, I feel like it's it's really all in our fingertips, literally. Yes. So I think we need to take advantage of those moments and re- and realize uh, that you know, life's full of unknowns. Things can change. Act on it while you can, because I mean our days are numbered on this earth. Preach it, Sam. Um, yeah. <laughs> but what is your favorite thing about uh, ministry? What's people. People. I love people. I I'm an extrovert, so yeah. I love. I mean, I could talk to a wall and become friends with them. But <laughs> so uh, ministry is you know great for that because you're around people all the time. But I really love. Um, igniting hope and you know encouraging people that doesn't matter where you go in mm-hmm. life or what you do um, that Jesus is always there mm-hmm. and I love that I really get to preach um, something that's been real in my life like God's love has forever changed my life mm-hmm. you know he's changed my story he's um, turned my storms into sermons as cheesy as that might sound but seriously I know that God is real and he's so powerful and um, he's not this God up here who's just pointing the finger and is like you know a fun sucker you know probably growing up that's kind of how <laughs> right. I felt you know he's like he's he up here fun. and I'm down here you know but God is personal he's he wants a relationship with you and he loves you and so um, you know my favorite part about ministry is connecting people to that God you know, um, being able to take them by the hand. I've always felt that way. I love, I love to do things with people. I love like, um, anything to do with teams or, um, groups. And so having the honor and the privilege to be able to influence or to do ministry or life with people is being able to take them by the hand and say, we could do this together. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's really important to number one, help people feel like they belong, you know, and number two, um, to help people feel like they're not alone. And that's the biggest thing. I feel like the enemy tries to lie to people and tell them you're alone you know you're the only one going through this and especially during the pandemic definitely especially during the pandemic but you know um knowing the truth that we're not alone not only do we have jesus but we have the family of god and i get to be a part of that is one of the greatest joys i think also seeing people not only come to know jesus but be transformed by him Mm -hmm. and by his love and through his word um that's a game changer for me like the fact that god allows me to play a part in that um i obviously don't do any of the changing or transformation but helping people connect to him Mm -hmm. um is the greatest privilege you know seeing people who might seem so messed up in the world's eyes but in god's eyes they're so precious and he has a plan and a purpose and for them to connect to that um number one is just like 
mind-blowing you know Mm -hmm. that he has the power to do it but number two it's just it's a privilege it's just really um a blessing and really an awesome thing to be able to see especially because knowing that i've had a past you Mm -hmm. know and god has changed it looking where he's brought me now it's only because of god i am where i am today right and like i think about it like it's really people are i mean they're such a precious thing that that god puts in our life like you know i've met so many new people I made, have made so many interesting connections that I thought I would never make dude, during this pandemic. And, like, people, I mean, they're meant to work together. We're meant to – we're designed to help others out. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, with this show. Like, I mean, I could sit here and have my own podcast. I mean, I do, but it'd just, it'd just be me and I could just talk all day, all day, or for a whole episode and try to find something that's entertaining. And I think after a while that'd get boring because it'd just be me. It'd just be right. all about me and Sam's thoughts. What does Sam have to say? But, I mean – 24 episodes, I've had a new guest every episode. Some guests have been, have come on twice, um, my dad being one of them. But, I mean, still, the people have made the show what it is, guests, the audience. And I think with that, it, it kind of builds like this cool triangle where you have host, guest, audience. And I think that's, I, we can relate, I mean, you can relate that in the ministry field. People can relate that. I, I feel in almost any arena they're in, whether sure. they're on a sports team whether, I mean, it's simple, they go to the gym, they have a workout partner, they run into someone at the gym. I mean, it's it's important to invest in people because, like, right. you never know what someone's going through. You, right. you really never know. Like, I've, I've heard, you know, people are, they say that they're battling a depression. I'm like, I would have never known that looking at you. And right. it's really true. Um, that's, I, mean, I, I believe that, like, it's important to just take time and talk to someone. For sure. Right? Because, I mean, the Lord placed them in people in our lives for a reason. And we don't run into people, like, coincidentally. Like, you know when you have those weird... Divine appointments. Yeah, I'm sure you had that with so many, like, kids in youth group. Like, yeah. you just ran into them or they wouldn't talk to you. Like, that wasn't coincidental. Right. And that, that's that's important to realize. But as we start winding down this episode, I'm going to ask two more questions here. Um, is They're going to be more focused on the youth, kind of my generation, Gen Z. Yeah. But it really can be applied to anyone. Yeah. Really, anyone who listens to this, can, it, they can apply this. What... The answer and the question both. Um, how can the youth do their part to spread love, peace, and acceptance to others in the community and just abroad? I think um, one of the greatest ways, and this might sound off, but is really taking a stand for the Lord and staying true to His Word and how He's called you to live. I think one of the most confusing things for people in the world is when Christians live a double standard life, right? Uh-huh. Two, two different lifestyles. And so I feel like um, when you take a stand for Jesus, you have the greatest influence on people. Right. And um, sometimes that's not with words, but with your actions and the way that you live your life. I feel like the greatest way to preach the gospel is really through actions, not necessarily always words, right? right? Um, so your life and how you live in front of people is really important and to help people feel love um peace or joy when they're around you is really um being one with jesus Mm -hmm. jesus is all those things jesus is love there is no greater love than jesus and so and what he's done for us and so when you're hosting his presence and when you're one with him it's going to be easy for that to overflow Mm -hmm. this way now how do you do that in a practical way you know like throughout your life simple as things like even just sweet acts of service or yeah. sending a text or um, being you know encouraging letting people know that you see them letting people know that they're heard um, inviting people to your table um, not always trying to preach or convince them of what you believe but showing them and allowing them to be a part of your life and seeing Jesus as the real deal through your actions and, and how you how you speak you know mm-hmm. I think sometimes we think okay there's a perfect formula and I really feel like it, it's really actions speak louder than words Mm. you know letting your life do a lot of the talking and so um 
here's the thing. If, if this relationship's right, these relationships are going to be right. If this relationship's right and you are spending time and you're being one with the Lord, meaning you're carving out time in your week to talk to him, it's a two-way relationship. Mm-hmm. If you talk, God will listen. But if you listen, I know that God will also speak. And the more that you spend time with him, the more you be like him, the more it's going to be easy for you to love and to extend that grace or mercy or to really care for the needy, whatever it might be, to respond like Jesus would respond. Yeah. You know, um, I don't think there's a perfect way of doing that <laughs> other than carrying the love of Jesus in your heart and hosting his presence. It's going to be easy to do the same for other people, you know, and lead right. people to that. Or just to say like it, there, it's a, it's a two way street relationships. I mean, humans are going to fail. Yep. We're not perfect. We're going to get mad. We're going to say things that we don't mean, or we're, we're just going to not always have integrity. And we're going to, I mean, it happens in relationships, but like you're talking about with relationship between someone and the Lord you know, it takes time. It takes time to, to sure. understand. It takes time to, to develop. I mean, like, look, you have, you have a whole school year, nine months long. It's nine months long for a reason. You, so you get, you know, you, you, you understand. You get to develop as a person, both academically and I feel personally too. And that's, that's how it is with the Lord too, right? right? In terms of academic part, it's the Bible, right? You have to take time to read your Bible, read your devotion. And then from there, I think the Lord, that kind of, uh, works um, personally as well. Yeah, Because then you talk sure. about your relationships, relationships with others. And you know what? You might not always know what to say or what to do, but when you're spending time with Jesus and you're allowing him to lead, guide, and direct your life through the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. he will show you what to do. Yeah. He will speak through you. I, there's times I don't have the words to say. There's times <laughs> I'm in circumstances where I'm around people who are not like me or who don't believe like me or maybe in a circumstance um, or situation where there there's tension or disunity, and I don't know what to do. I'll just say, God, would you show me? Mm-hmm. Would you help me? Would you give me the words to say? And here's the thing. Um, if you're spending time with Jesus, you're going to talk like Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you spend time with Jesus, you're going to look like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we don't always know what to do. But if you're, if that relationship's strong, he's going to help you. He won't fail you, you know? Yeah. Um, and one of the greatest things that we can do is just practically daily say, Lord, help me to become like you. Give me the eyes to see, ears to hear, and help me to see your people how you see them. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a world where we fall and we see people around us who are not always living according to the word of God. And we could sit there and point the finger, or we could sit there and we could love them, not accept their sin, but love them mm-hmm. and pave the way show them what's right. And I think that's why it's so important that we stay true to our convictions and a culture that is changing and a culture that seems like goes against God's word. It's important that we stay true to our convictions and how God has called us to live. And we find that through the word of God. Mm -hmm. Right. Understand who you are. Understand what the Lord calls us to be and understand who he is and just know, know your values, know, know the values, um, in the Bible and then understand them, live them out. And I feel like from there, like, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be like spring break or everything's going to seem awesome and perfect. I mean, it's going to be a struggle. And you need that struggle to grow and become stronger in order to become, I think, a better person overall, right? Like, you think about working out. Like, I'm I'm sure people have heard this analogy many times. But, I mean, you work out a muscle, you you tear it down, and then it heals. It becomes stronger, right? right? That's kind of like how our relationships are. Exactly. And then as time goes on, you become stronger. It's just like, it doesn't happen overnight. I right. mean, as much, as much as we wish it could, it takes time. Like, especially I've caught myself, you know, praying for something to happen. Yeah. Like I want this to happen. I hope this outcome happens. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. I have to keep praying about it. But over time I see, you know, certain 
scenarios or circumstances that led to the outcome that was really that I wanted or that was best for me right but I mean it takes time to know God and understand uh just I think the overall I mean we're not going to understand the overall purpose but to understand that there is an overall purpose yeah and really all that we do right oh, um, for sure yeah and the Bible says the righteous fall seven but they get back up eight exactly when you fall the biggest thing is is not to stay in that slump or stay where you know um in your sin um or to run away from the Lord because that's another thing when we fall sometimes we feel ashamed or mm-hmm. embarrassed or we just don't want to go near that but instead of of falling and staying there get back up and run harder after Jesus mm-hmm. you know and I, I love God mercies are new every morning Mm -hmm. you know every morning we could come to him and he can help us and um, if you place him first and keep him first and seek him first everything else will flow into place and I think we live in a world where people are constantly trying to influence and gain power and authority yeah God is the (laughs) ultimate power and authority and if you put your faith and trust in him and allow him to lead your life he will help you to influence other people who seem impossible to reach right like I understand we need to understand like with this back to the whole understanding thing understand that we serve God who sent his son to die for us Right. And rose again from the dead. Right. Only person to ever do that. And we have to understand, like, okay, that's a big deal. Yeah. With him and me being created in his image, that, that power is within me. His, right. his will is on me. And, I mean, I feel like now more than ever, especially when things can seem so chaotic and things can feel so like, oh, another COVID thing again. No, we have to understand, like, you know, there's no overall purpose in this. Yep. And the Lord made us strong. He made us resilient. And, yeah, I think when we apply that to our lives, we're really going to see... Our, our attitude change and our outlook change and just like our overall how we live our lives change and then in turn that's going to affect others too for sure um but as we wrap up to our last question so far good episode so far it's been fun um but this kind of this last question i always ask the guest if, yeah. of course if i have time we have time um it's kind of like it's like a it's like a question or uh, and there okay it's like a question focused on like wisdom yeah so like I've, I've asked my ethics teacher, like, I asked him a question, like, how can people... It was something about, like, wisdom and ethics it correlating, and I remember he gave, like, such a great answer. What was and his so, answer? I forget, but <laughs> it was... it was. I remember I, it got me pumped up. I was like, you hit the nail right on the head and fired me up, and it, that was a fun episode. Yeah. Um, I remember I asked Vince Fong one about, about like, how can... what What's one last piece of wisdom he can give out? And people were like, wow, that was crazy. Yeah. A great answer. Um, Aaron Perlman g- gave a great answer. But it, this kind of last question is based on, like, how can people... Like, the ov- what was talked about in the overall episode, how can they apply that to their life? So it's kind of a combination. No pressure, right? No, 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 no pressure no. at all. It's, I, I, I'm sure you got this. You, but anyway, uh, any last words of wisdom or just an overall message you want to tell the masses before we log off? No. Yeah. About relationships, about love about understanding and about trials kind of the things that we've covered so far yeah with all of it um man one thing right only Mm -hmm. one thing uh last words okay last a couple things yeah (laughs) yeah come on get right a whole i would encourage yeah (laughs) anything i would encourage people that there is no sin or anything that you have done that is too big that god's grace and love cannot cover what Jesus did on the cross is bigger than anything that we can do. And not only does he forgive and make new and heal, um, but he draws close and he does life with us. And I just want to encourage anyone and everyone I can, um, my life's message is to fall more in love with Jesus. It's the best decision that you can ever do. Mm-hmm. You know, I look back, I never regret spending time with Jesus mm-hmm. um, in a world that is constantly trying to pull your attention and shift your priorities and um, in a world that's always on the go 
the greatest thing that we can do is be still and just listen to Jesus and spend time with him. Um, he is obviously scripture talks about he's closer than a brother, mm-hmm. you know, um, closer than a mother. He's our friend. He's our Lord. Um, but when you spend time with him, you will fall more in love with him. Mm-hmm. There's no way that you can't. And as you fall more in love with him, your life will begin to change. And I feel like one of the things I think I've struggled with my whole life is trying to juggle so many different plates and things. And the Lord's like, if you just seek me first, um, all these other things that you're trying to juggle will fall into place. Mm-hmm. I've got them, you know, and there's no, um, there's nothing in this world that can give you peace that surpasses all understanding like Jesus can and his spirit and his presence. And so um, my word of wisdom to people would be fall more in love with Jesus. And the way that you do that is you choose to do that. Mm-hmm. It's a choice. You can grow in your love for him, right? right? And no one's ever too far from God. Mm-hmm. Nothing anyone's ever done. And if I can ever give a picture of what Jesus, I believe, looks like, it's always him with open arms mm-hmm. just there to love his children, mm-hmm. to be there for his children, for his children to fall, to laugh, to cry, for him to pick them up. He's a God who loves us so much. Um, and last but not least, if I, as a, as a pastor, one thing I always tell people is you can only take souls to heaven. So do whatever you can to mm. reach more people for Jesus. Right. You can't take that, uh, your car, your house, your nope. phone, you can't, your, your, your Instagram followers. Nothing. Well, the Instagram account itself, but maybe yeah. you can win some followers in their souls. <laughs> right. Not the app. But no, no. You, you can't take that to heaven. It's important to know that I think people are the, the biggest investment, one of the biggest investments you can make. And that's something I've. My dad's always told me, you know, invest in people because you're going to see that payoff. You're going to see. And that's the command. Love God and love people. And if you love God, naturally the byproduct is you're going to love people. Exactly. Because he loves people. And then from there, I mean, people transition themselves. Right. Why why is he or she so happy? Right. And then, you know, from there, I guess you just give them, you preach the gospel. Right. right? Who knows? The Lord uses everyone and, and, and crazy circumstances. Uh, for his good. Yeah. The COVID being one of them, car accident being another one. Right. Uh, me being locked in my house being one of them. Um, but yeah, it, it's a, it's a crazy life we live. None of it. I could, I mean, you can't predict any of this. I'm sure you didn't think you were going to be an adult ministries pastor. Not right? at all. But I mean, when we surrender ourselves to the Lord, he really uses us. Um, I think to our, the, be- the, mo- the best of our potential. And God plus you is the majority. It doesn't matter if anyone else is against you or if statistics say you can't do it or this isn't where you shouldn't be. Um, with God, he starts with impossible, right? So mm-hmm. he takes us and he opens doors for us. And that's what's so great. I always would tell people, like, especially youth, don't, don't you know, stay focused on your age. You could do great and mighty yeah. things with God. Look at know? David from the Bible. That's I mean, right. He was a teen. And right. look how impactful he was. P- churches still preach about him. Yeah. Um. But, um, Lindsay, where can people find you? Where can they stay connected with you? Like you're in, my Instagram? Yeah, like where can people find you? Yeah. Right. Always on social media, yeah. you can um, search me at lens.f. <laughs> my last name is Farzan. I always tell people it's like Tarzan, but yeah. with an F, you know? Mm-hmm. I got you. Right. Um, and you can find me at Canyon Hills every Wednesday and every mm-hmm. Sunday. Um, I also pastor the Young Adults group there, which Sam... I hope to start seeing you soon now yes, that you're a I'll graduate. Be I'll be back. Yep. Yes. Um, you know, we I get to pastor the young adults, which is one of my favorite things that I get to do. So we meet every Sunday as well. And um, yeah, I'm on the east side majority of the time. Oh. That's where people can find me. So you're busy 24-7 pretty much. Oh yeah. Or, you know, I'm, I'm watching my baby, which <laughs> is my most favorite thing next to my husband. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Um, anyway, Lindsay, thank you for joining the Sammy Hour. 
Um, that was a fun experience. So much, so much good talk, so much good wisdom to, to take out of this and, and lessons to take out of this episode. But folks, I think I'm going to be back every Thursday. I like Thursdays for some reason. I like releasing episodes on Thursdays because I can enjoy my weekend and just let the rest take care of itself. But yes, folks, um, stay tuned. Uh, thank you for, for joining me on this journey. And uh, you guys really like the segments on IGTV. So I'm going to keep those up on my Instagram account and then post those on IGTV. Um, check out the last episode with the mirror if you haven't. That was a really awesome episode. And uh, big news. Well, not really big news. I'm, I probably will talk about it more. But I'm gonna, I started going on TikTok and posting little like 15-second clips of um, different episodes. So I'll talk about that more. Uh, stay tuned. God bless y'all, and uh, I'll see you on the other side.